Hey everybody, Jim Mallard here. Welcome to the Mallard Report. The Mallard Report is recorded in front of a live virtual audience on the Duck Pond. Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, live. Mallard.com. M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. One more thing before we start. Let me turn it over to my friend that you may know from Ancient Aliens and the Curse of Oak Island and many other things, Robert Clotworthy. On the Malliard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the hosts and guests and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcasts, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. On the Malliard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the show are solely those of the hosts and guests, and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcast, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. I want to welcome everybody in this evening. We've got a special show here for you tonight. This is, this is something I've been looking forward to for, I guess, the last month since we decided we were going to do this. And uh, So here we are tonight. My, first, my guest tonight is Dr. Kimberly Rackery, who is is an expert in spiritual hearing, he, hearing, healing, easy for me to say, psychic and paranormal investigations, holds a doctorate in metaphysical sciences and is an ordained metaphysical minister and practitioner and theta healer, Reiki master, hypnotherapist, hip, hypnof, jeez, a peach, got all these fancy words in here, spiritual DNA activator, blogger, author, Kim, it's been too long since yeah. you've been on, it's been too long since you've been on, but how are you doing? <laughs> I've been doing great. Been busy, but great. Well, that's good to hear. It's good to hear your voice. Um, 2017 is the last time you were on, which is just ridiculous to me. Jeez, yeah. time flies when you're having fun. So my co-host tonight, which is something I barely, never have said on this program before, so he's the first one, is my son, Skyler. Skyler, how are you doing tonight? Yes. <laughs> good. So uh, go ahead and ask him your first question. We'll kind of uh, work through this together, but I want you to take the lead on tonight. So go ahead. Yeah. So what was your first experience with the paranormal? Um, my very first experience was when I was seven. Um, my mom was in the hospital, and we had just come home, and I was the first one in the door. And I saw my grandfather laying on the floor in the kitchen and I turned around to yell for my dad and my grandfather was also standing in front of the door and I could see straight through him. That was my very first experience. Yeah. And no one believed me, of course, <laughs> that I could see that I could see Papa in two different places. No one believed me, but that's okay. <laughs> You want to ask another one? How does communicating how does communicating with spirits work for you? How does what? Communicating with spirits work for you? How does communicating with spirits work for you? Um. Well, it just happens. Um. I'm lucky in the fact that I have all four psychic abilities. And when someone wants to talk to me, I either first see them, hear them, or sense them. And, like, it's the same thing with an investigation. I usually sense them first. And then, you know, I talk, I talk to them and tell them it's okay to appear or speak or whatever. And they will either, they mentally communicate with me, even though I can hear their voices. They're coming through my head rather than that's why no one else can hear them or see them when I can. So it's like a telepathic mental communication. But, uh, yeah, it just happens. Um, it's pretty spontaneous. And when I do a mediumship reading, um, I just kind of lift myself up out of myself and I focus on the person's name and their birth date. And if they're available to communicate with me, they'll communicate with me. And they'll show me images in my mind. And sometimes I can see them outside of myself near the person I'm giving the reading for or just in my mind. And they'll show me images and they'll give me feelings and sometimes um, phrases or specific words. So it's, it kind of all works together. <laughs> I never know which one's going to come through first, the seeing, the feeling, or the hearing. It's just it's whatever the spirit's comfortable with.
Out of your next one. I know your next question, so this is good. <laughs> How do you shut it off when it becomes overwhelming? Have I what? How do you shut it off when it becomes overwhelming? Um, I ask them. You can ask them. See, what everyone has to remember is, well, there are some pushy spirits, but mostly they're the earthbound ones. If it's the ones that have already crossed over, they understand that you're alive and your your focus is this world, not theirs. Um, but if it's an earthbound spirit, sometimes you have to be forceful and tell them to leave you alone. And they have to remember that you're alive and they're not, so you're in control. So I remind them that I'm in control, not them. And if that doesn't work, then I call in Archangel Michael who takes care of them for me. Um, and or Archangel Zadkiel, who is in charge of lost souls. So that usually works for me. So, and then if that doesn't work, I use the phrase, um, the power of Jesus um, places you where you belong. You're in the light of Jesus. But sometimes that doesn't work because not every wayward spirit is Christian. Um, so they don't get the concept of Jesus, you know, being powerful. But most of the time it does work. Yeah. But you can just tell them, you can just tell them, hey, dull it down. I don't have time for you right now. Or I've told you all I can. I've helped you all I can. Um, and they usually respect that. Of course, if you're dealing with an entity, um, they're kind of a little different than spirits. And sometimes they need a little more convincing. <laughs> So I also I also have Mrs. Duck on the line, so she has something she wants to add to this conversation at this point, so let's get her up here. Okay. How are you doing, Kim? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. So I kind of wanted to add a little, the reason why Skylar is asking you these specific questions is because Skylar's been dealing with a lot of noise. Um. He has some spirits that just kind of won't let him be. <laughs> and then um, the overwhelmed thing comes from lately when we are near a cemetery or a hospital, which, you know, we go to children's a lot. He gets a lot of background chatter is kind of what we've talked about. Um, there's constant trying to communicate with him, even when he's trying to shut it off. Right. So his main sense right now is clear audience hearing them rather than seeing he can, or sensing them. He can sense and see as well. He'll get okay. um, image. He'll get images, and like one of the things he was going to ask you about is an animal. Um, there's a particular cat spirit that hangs around him right now. Oh. Usually, animal spirits don't mean any harm. They're just they're lonely and they just want company and some of them don't understand why they're still here um but with with the animal um the the rainbow bridge as we call it with animals most of the time or it could be the light either way you you can ask for it to be opened and he could he could ask the cat to go into the light or across the rainbow bridge with others of his kind and he should go. So the cat might be stuck and not know why. So that may help. And then I I have, I still to this day have the same problem that Skylar has going to hospitals and funeral homes and cemeteries and stuff. And um, you can't really dull them all the time, but you can protect yourself before you go to those places with a tube of white light. Um, and you just, you know, ask for it to descend upon you. And anything that is harmful, you can also ask to be reflected back and away from yourself. And that's how I handle it. Um, and then basically you just have to ignore them. When they're talking to you and won't be quiet, you just really have to ignore them. But usually when you put, when I put up the white light or the tube of light, um, they know to back off. But I've also had 30 years of experience. And I I understand where Tyler's coming from because when I was in the same thing that happened to me and it was very confusing. And no one would believe me. I'm glad that 
he has you and him, you, you believe him and, and you know what he's going through. But I didn't have that. But um, the best thing to do when you go to those places is um, Skylar needs to learn protection exercises and the tube of white light to keep the spirit from attaching themselves or communicating with him. And he can also tell them if a bunch are coming at him at one time, um, he can remind them he's in charge and it's one at a time. Um, and they have to listen to you. They're supposed to listen to you. And if they don't, then you call in the big guns like Archangel Michael or your spirit guide or Archangel Zadkiel. That's my process anyway. He's still in the, the learning process um, trying to understand what is all going on with him. He, uh, he, like I said, he sees things, he can hear it, um, and he can sense it. I joke that the cat is hanging around because, you know, we have many pets in our house. So they feel like <laughs> the cat feels safe here. Uh-huh. But, because, I mean, we're up to 16 pets now, so. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I mean, Skylar's always been since he was little, he was somebody who had auditory and um, visual things mm-hmm. happening. Uh, he scared my mom a few times because, you know, like the one time he told her that she was in trouble to go to the living room because her mom is looking for her. My grandma passed away when I was 16. So, you know, telling my mom that her mom was waiting for her in the living room really creeped my mom out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> at night, he used to not sleep, so we would go visit my my mom at work. And she was a nurse, and she worked at TCU Transitional Care. So um, it was open 24-7. And the one night, he pulled an oxygen tank in front of a room, and he told my mom, all better now. And my mom called me. Um, about two hours later and told me that like shortly after we had left the person in that room went into full respiratory uh, respiratory distress and they wound up putting oxygen on them. So (laughs) yeah. And one of the nurses got he got a reputation up there and one of the nurses saw him coming one day and she stood in front of the room and said, I'm not ready. And it was her grandma. And Skylar said, not yet. And he walked away. So oh, that's a that's a gift right there. Yeah, so I mean he's he's always had a little bit of something. I think for a while he kind of shut it out, and now he's opened back up to it. So that's why he was right. interested to kind of ask some questions tonight. Well, good because I understand how he feels, and I would speak out like that too. Like I always knew when someone was close to crossing over, and of course, no one wants to hear that of their loved ones and. Um, when I was young, I didn't realize that. So there's what I had to realize was that you and the, you and the soul, the person who's crossing over, can know, but the family doesn't necessarily want to know. So I just kept quiet for a long time. And still, you just have to discern what kind of people you're dealing with, if they're open, um, what their beliefs are, whatever, because. Um, Still today, I learn I I can tell when to approach someone and say, okay, maybe you want to maybe you want to go in now and spend some time with your loved one, or or some. Um. Sometimes they don't fear losing the one that they love, so you just. Skyler has a long road ahead of him. He, he has to learn how to discern who to communicate these things with. And who not think you, but other people, um, you just kind of, kind of, you have to feel who's going to be open to understanding what he's seen and sensing and hearing, especially when it involves the process of death itself.
So I guess that leaves it to me at at this point. (laughs) I I was going to say, I'll take over the show. I'll just keep talking. (laughs) I I see the two other microphones muted, so I guess it's back to me. Um, So since the last time we've talked, you've moved to New Orleans. In fact, I know this was also on his list. So talk to me about New Orleans and the paranormal because there's there's books wrote about it, but I want to hear it from you. (laughs) New Orleans is very creepy, especially in certain places yet. And I don't go down there a lot anymore. When we first moved here, I worked down there a lot, and I also did mentoring tours down there to help people sense um, spirits and earthbounds and and the paranormal. But it, it's it's really a lot. I mean, and um, doing that and running a diner, it, it just got to be too much for me. But every part of New Orleans, if you're if you're a sensitive of any kind. Um, you can't go anywhere without sensing, hearing, or seeing something that's paranormal. Even on, you know, the du- the double buses or the um, the trolley cars, it, they even have their own spirits. <laughs> so you you might meet a spirit on one of the trolley cars. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's everywhere. You can feel this certain vibration in the city. It's a lot like Saint Augustine. You know where I'm originally an hour from in Florida, um, and I basically, you know, grew up around St. Augustine my entire life. It's the same. It's the same thing. It's the same vibration. It's just the impressions and the the energy and the residual energy. It's all there. So you have active and you have residual, and it just it's all active at the same time, basically. Um, and there's so many horror stories because. Um, New Orleans was filled with so many different people and it was, it was a wild, wild, um, territory. And I mean, you have, you have stories from the French, from the Spanish, from the Creoles to Indians to everything. I mean, there's, there's a story for everything. There's a ghost for everything down here. I mean, just everything. I mean, there was massacre in one of the houses here and, and then it, it uh, what was that? There was a, a disease that hit the city and there was a lot of children who died. And so around some of the houses, you can see children playing in, in the yards and um, laughter in the houses. And it's, yeah, it's, it's super haunted. <laughs> I mean, you can't go down there and not feel it. <laughs> so I, I want to, I wanna, I'm going to follow up now and I'll uh, take over for a minute. Um, you mentioned St. Augustine and, in New Orleans, but I, okay, here's where I'm at of this novelist approach to this, and you can tell me if I'm right, wrong, or indifferent. I think of St. Augustine as a more peaceful place, and I think of, when I think New Orleans, I think voodoo, and dark, the darker side of life. Oh, it's, definitely. So the yeah, energy voodoo, is probably different? Uh, yeah, it's a little different. It's more on the darker side than St. Augustine. St. Augustine is more like you know, the battle spirits and the star spirits because, I mean, it changed hands, like, several times, and people lost their lives, and disease also hit that city several times, and, but it, there was black magic in St. Augustine, but nothing like New Orleans. New Orleans is, is still today voodoo. It's voodoo and Catholic-based, and in some circles, they work together. So, I mean, and there's even cemeteries. Some of the old cemeteries here are divided into sections of, of cases and religions because, um, I mean, even Marie Laveau, she's in a Christian Catholic cemetery, supposedly, but there's a controversy about that being her real tomb. Um, but, uh, yeah, voodoo and, and it, it's rampant here still. And even... Um, stories of demons that have nothing to do with voodoo. Um, cause you have to remember, you've got people from France and everywhere you can imagine, the Polish, the Jewish, the everything, all of those traditions and all of any of their spirits or attachments came over with them, including demons and entities. So you have all that going on in New Orleans. I mean, I don't want to make New Orleans out as a bad place, but supernaturally, it's very, very active. There's even a real vampire community here. So, which 
amazes me, but <laughs> I'm still not, my verdict is still out on that one. But I, I mean, and anything is possible. So, I mean, there's a reason why all the shows about vampires are usually based in New Orleans. <laughs> So I'm gonna get so I'm gonna get yeah. my Nicholas Cage and we'll be down to film a movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know he he has a tomb here, right? Well, he did. It's considered real estate. So I've seen his tomb. He bought this tomb and had it. He bought the plot it, down here. Uh, tomb plots are considered actual real real estate. Okay, so he paid like any an enormous amount of money to be entombed in New Orleans. And it's like a pyramid with an eye. And, but when he went bankrupt, he had to sell, um, his real, his, you know, burial real estate. And it was like a, a million or something like that. If I remember correctly, but it was, it was that much. And that's how much land is worth here. Because you have to be buried above ground, so it's considered real real estate. <laughs> so he does have an actual. He did have an actual place there. Yeah, that is crazy, Skyler. I think Skyler mm-hmm. has another question. Let's throw it back to him before I run run over everything here. Okay. <laughs> Are there any books you suggest I read to learn more about my gifts? My gifts. Um. Yeah. Okay, so if you want really spiritual, angelic kind of explanations, I would go with, like, um, any books by Doreen Virtue, who now doesn't do any of that, by the way. She turned total uh, Christian and renounced all her um, clairvoyant abilities and stuff like that. But um, there's there's a book called How to Hear Your Angels, and... It explains all about all the four psychic abilities, how to develop them, how to discern when you're um, dealing with a a loved one visiting or an angel or a spirit guide or something dark. Um, And it's pretty, um, when, when I mentor somebody, I use parts of her book to, to guide them. So it's, it's how to hear your angels by drawing virtue. And then if you want to go old school, because I think you can handle it, um, Doors to Other Worlds by Raymond Buckland. Um, he, he's like a classic expert. Um, on the, and his is more based on the, like, the paranormal side of things, like mediumship and automatic writing and um, all that kind of thing. But he has exercises in there, and he explains the difference between good and bad and how to protect yourself as well. And he's a classic uh, teacher, I should say. <laughs> but it's Doors to Other Worlds, a practical guide to communicating with spirits. Raymond Buckley. I think those two books would help you a lot. So you would get the spiritual side of things and the more supernatural, paranormal side of things with those two. And maybe one day I'll... I'll write a book and I'll tell you about that one. <laughs> you and me both. I've been maybe. writing a book for 20 years. <laughs> but it might help also, Skylar, if, um, if you make it intention to how you want to use your abilities or if you want to at all, you can ask for them to be doled down if you want to. You can ask for them to, um, you know, increase or whatever. It's up to you because you're going to experience more and more things. But, um, I mean, you can ask for for it to be doled down or increased. Um, but it's an awesome gift. And if you, if you can figure out how you want to use your gift, either to help, you know, more in the paranormal field, um, with earthbound spirits and waywards and helping out in that way because you can you can help spirits who are stuck here crossover. Um, people on paranormal teams probably wouldn't want you around because you would feel obligated to cross the, the spirit over and they don't like that because that's how places haunted places make their money. <laughs> but, um, 
some of them you actually have to sign a paper that you won't attempt to cross um, a spirit over, by the way. But um, and then if you want to help people connect with um, their lost loved ones from the other side, that's an intention too. And if you just make, if you just decide how you want to use your gifts for for healing or or however, then your experiences will start to reflect your intention, so to speak. So, and if you if you can see, hear, and sense them, you, you're not only becoming a medium; you're considered a psychic as well. So, you may also want to um, use your abilities to help people psychically. Um, like with readings or with guidance or being a coach or a counselor. But you just, as you start to have more experiences, choose how you maybe want to start using it, and then you'll have experiences that reflect your intention. So I'm going to hop back on real quick. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I wanted to tell you, um, you know, really quick, another quick story about Skyler was, you know, at one point he, uh, he made me call my mom again. It involved my mom and he was yelling at her on the phone and he was like, um, he goes, you know, Mammy, that's what he calls her. He goes, there's a fire. You got to get out of the house. And she's like, no, there's no fire. Everything's okay. He's like, no. No, there's there's a fire, Mimi. You got to get out of the house. And you know he scared her enough because he has seen what she what he has done. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, she hung up and then called me back and said, "I checked my smoke detectors. I checked the oven. I checked everything, and there was no fire. There was no you know. I checked everything, and I was like, I don't know what's going on, but he just is worried about you." She goes, "Well, I'm going to work, you know." And I said, "Okay." Um, about twenty minutes later, there was a implosion a house imploded on itself a mile away from my mom wow oh that gives me chill yeah yeah so um he he's always been you know able to see some things and hear some things and i attribute it because this is what i was told is because um skylar is on the autism spectrum so mm-hmm. I attribute it to he's a little more open than the rest of us because he sees the world different than we do. Exactly. And yeah. That's why he's able to have these gifts and that's why he's able to like understand them a little, but he also has a little mm-hmm. trouble figuring out why so many people want to talk to him at once. <laughs> so uh-huh. Yeah. Because they sense, see and feel they know that so Skylar knows um, on a cellular level that everything is energy and a frequency and a vibration. So he's constantly receiving and sending out different frequencies and energy. And that makes him very, very special. Um, I mean, he's precognitive as well. So um, it's, you know... I don't know how to dull, you know, that kind of thing because I'm not that way. But I mean, I mean, I know that everything's frequencies and energy, but Skylar lives it like 24 hours a day. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe he could practice like if he realizes he's picking up a frequency or a change in uh, in energy that he's not comfortable with, he can change the energy. He's, you know what I mean? Like he can send out um, a calm vibration or a peace vibration or a love vibration or a healing vibration. And because of, you know, his natural abilities, it'll just, it'll affect the frequency that he is experiencing, if that helps any so it's kind of like spiritual healing or psychic healing it's just this automatic for Skylar he just needs to learn how to discern when a frequency that's not his own is coming at him and he can immediately and automatically send the right frequency back to counteract it It, it's kind of like spiritual healing 
Yeah, when he was younger, the rule was if they don't tell you his na- their name, then you need to tell them you can't talk to them. That was kind of what we, how we went about it for him to understand mm-hmm. younger. And now that he's a little older, he knows to question and to ask things more than he did before. That's good. That's really good. Yeah, because um, unfortunately, he's constantly putting off a vibration that spirits of any kind or entities even say, okay, he's a a beam of whatever I need, so I'm going to go to him, and he's going to fix it. Or he's going to, you know, take care of it. And he's constantly vibrating that, which is why I think if um, if he learns to put the tube of white light around him, um, it will it will help counteract some of that when he doesn't want to deal with it at all. So what he just needs to do is, you know, close his eyes and say, I call forth a tube of white light. Um, you know, from his favorite angel or Jesus or God or whoever he wants to call it forth from because they're, they all have the ability. And he closes his eyes and imagines a tube of white light just surrounding his whole, um, body. And the more he does that, the stronger it will become. Um, he also has guardian, everybody has guardians and, you can call guardians to, um, like at night, if he's experienced a lot of things when he's trying to go to sleep, he can make the intention to um, the universe or God or the angels, however he wants to address it, um, to put guardians at the four corners of his bedroom and put up a force field. And the, if he does it every night, um, for a while, he won't have to do it for a while because it's like residual energy that just builds up and builds up and builds up. And he would be able to tell when the force field is getting weakened and he just would redo it. That's what I, that's what I had to do like 15 years ago because everything was coming to me at night and, um, it was affecting my husband too. He would wake up and find all these people in our bedroom while we were sleeping and stuff and I had to, had to ask how to fix it and that's what they told me to do <laughs> so, um, that sounds awkward so there are best. Ways- <laughs> 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 well marty's used to it now he says okay they're here for kim so i just he just rolls over and goes back to sleep but he says frequently i sit up i'm sitting up in bed and I'm awake, but sometimes I don't realize I'm awake, and he says I'm sitting there talking to people that he can see, but I don't remember when I wake up in the morning. So. <laughs> but hopefully I, I did good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, you must have did all right. Cause, you know. um, yeah. So we're going to shift gears a little bit here for you, because this is where, well, another, fun, well, it's we're working backwards into a story, but we're going to start with a story and then work backwards into the original story. Okay. Because this makes sense to you and probably listeners out there, uh, working backwards because this is fun. Um, our, I'm on, backwards anyway. So yeah, yeah, I was, was going to say, tell the ending of the story first. Well, part of the end of the, well, not the ending of the first story, but an ending that's kind of funny. Okay, anyways. <laughs> okay. On, on, in the chat room tonight, I have Geo Observation Waves. Hello to him. He always posts a picture of a coffee mug from his collection. Little but else to him, he's got the Museum of the Confederacy in Richmond, Virginia on his mug tonight. Totally random, but I've got a story about Richmond, Virginia for you, which is paranormal. Mm -hmm. Uh, A few years ago, um, family went down to Norfolk, and on the way back, on the way home, I said, I have to stop in in Richmond and see Jefferson Davis. And my wife's like, okay, if you have to. I said, I do. (laughs) I just do. And she's like, okay. Well, where's he at? I said, well, he's at the cemetery, but I don't know exactly where in the cemetery he's at. But something tells me we'll find him. You know? Hello. President of the Confederacy. It can't be that hard to find this guy. Especially in this cemetery that's, you know, pretty well trafficked. I'm I'm sure there's signs or whatever. Right. And I was born in the South, so I'm loving the story already. (laughs) Right. So so we drive in the cemetery, and I'm not sure where we're going. And uh, I find him big, you know. Big flagpole, Confederate flag, hello, there we are. Pretty obvious, right? And mm-hmm. so I get out and talk to him. 
say my make my peace. And she's like, are you ready to go? Well, tab, tell her the rest of the story when I get back in the car. You're going to have to tell it because right now I can't. Because <laughs> <laughs> right now she can't. <laughs> she's like, are you ready to go? I have this large pain in the back of my head. And I said, really, that's the pain I've been dealing with for years when it comes to these activities of Civil War activities. And she says, well, just go already. And I said, okay. So we go up through the cemetery, back out, get to the gate, the fence, cross that threshold, and she's fine. The pain leaves. And I, I looked at her and said, do you believe me about that pain now? And she says, yes. I jokingly refer to it as the assassination pain of Lincoln. Right through the back <laughs> of my head, towards the front. Right. So... But that's the first, that's the end. Well, that's kind of the end of that version. But there's a whole story that goes before that. But I had to tell you that one first because it's neat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a way to work it in otherwise, so we're, gonna, we're just going to tell it in the middle there. Uh, <laughs> so years years before that, we went to Gettysburg. And that's, you know, obviously the northernmost battle of the Civil War. And mm-hmm. we had Skyler with us. And he was young, what six seven months old at the time so young young right and of course obviously Mm -hmm. this is before we knew all the rest of this but this is probably the first one and he starts babbling off at stuff and carrying on and years go by and he starts mentioning this carl to us all the time and we're carl who is this carl this kid's talking about we don't have any carls in our life and so through the year he's around we come to realize that he's from gettysburg He's a Civil War soldier. And he's telling us all these weird things. But, you know, it all fits together, the being from the Civil War. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then we do a parade for some reason in this little town outside of where we live. And this child of mine starts freaking the out because his friend Carl left him. And I'm like, wow. Oh, okay. Right? So I go back and mm-hmm. I start stomping around this little... I mean, this Hold is, on, hold on. You forgot the part where he shook the car. Okay, well, that's why you're here, to tell these little details he about... shook the car <laughs> because he was screaming and yelling about Carl going home. Oh. So I go back later to this little town and walk around this little cemetery and there's a little stone with a flag by it that says Carl. And I went, oh Wow. Oh my God! Because we brought we brought this guy home. He's been waiting there for hundred and some years. Yeah, for somebody an to attachment. somebody to come home. You know, bring him home. Yeah, and he attached himself to Skyler because he knew that. Wow, that's amazing. That's an amazing story. That's that was his ticket, ticket home. Wow. See, like I said, when you have the gift, and as strongly as Skylar does, they know, and they they know what needs to be done. Wow. And for you, with Jefferson Davis, did you ever think that maybe you were connected to him because you were with him during the Civil War, or perhaps you were him? I I, I fought the other side. I thought I was looking there for a while, or had cross paths with Lincoln at some point. Well, it's all connected. So you have the vibration of a past life, of a memory that was Civil War, which gives you the frequency. So every time you go to one of those battlefields, they recognize that you were involved in it. You put, Even though you're in a new incarnation, you still bring back your cell memories from other lifetimes, especially if they were very traumatic or important as the soul lesson. And you still vibrate that. And spirits pick up on that, too, which is what a lot of people don't understand. And that's where a lot of attachments come from and a lot of memories. Sometimes when you're sensing things or having a memory, it's not necessarily yours. It's a it's a, a spirit that's lost or earthbound that either knew you in that time or recognized, recognizes your vibration from that time your cell memories from that time and they felt comfortable so they attached their memories to you or even themselves um, because it 
it becomes safe for them if they're safe place because they're they're still confused that some most of them don't understand why they're still earthbound. Um, so yeah, but I'm pretty sure that you probably were, you know, in the Civil War or had something to do with the Civil War. Um, you could have been Lincoln. Who knows? I'd, I'd have to do a whole reading on that. Well, that's a fact. Sure I, I was going to say, don't do it right now because we'll lose you. We've only got 20 minutes <laughs> yeah. left. And next thing you know. I know. I would, I would like go off into the netherworld and I don't know if you'd hear from me for a while. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he could be Lincoln because he can't sit through a musical. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Well, I used to love musicals, but now I can't stand them for some reason. I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know, are people really that joyful and happy that they burst into song and dance all the time? Yeah, Skylar definitely definitely takes after Jim, where me and Bella are more theater musical type of people. And, like, we enjoy going to those places. And Jim drops us off and goes and finds something else to do. (laughs) Skylar, Skylar, what is that band in, that uh, that gives the play, that plays the song about hell? Um, you know which one I'm talking about. You added it to Bella's playlist. Oh, he does know what I'm talking about. He just is, doesn't want to say it. <laughs> Hell, it's, Don't be shy, Skylar. <laughs> is, is it is it poor man's poison, Skylar? Yeah, it's poor man's poison. <laughs> I'll ha- you ha- we'll have to look that up later because they- they've got some good stuff, especially that song. Oh Sky- yeah, I'll have to look that up. Because, uh, yeah, he's yeah. Like bit- I told you, I'm stuck in the 1950s, so <laughs> the only music I hear. <laughs> well, this- I describe I describe that band as Zydeco goth. Ooh, I like goth. Yeah, it's it's very like jazzy, like almost sounds like a New Orleans type of thing, but you add in a dark undertone. Ooh, I might like that. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I'll, I'll remind me and I'll send you the stuff here. So I don't know why it just popped in my head, but I, I knew that you'd I will because obviously that's why it popped yeah. in my head because you'd probably like yeah. it. Yeah, I'm pretty freaky most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then when she's not, she's sleeping. Be. Oh wait. That's we just heard about her talking oh, oh. or sleep. To, oh, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't sleep hardly at all. <laughs> so, well, while you, you, you mentioned writing your own book, I, I haven't, well, maybe I've been missing it. Maybe that's my problem. Where's Nick Redford been? Oh, he's everywhere. What are you kidding? He's, um. Oh, avoiding he, me. Okay. I just, <laughs> no. <laughs> Hey, he does not miss an opportunity to get his books out there and talk. So you should, or oh, no. I'll, I'll tell him. I talk to him every day. So he's um, good. He's good, and Lisa, but, his publicist, is good. So I'm just picking on him. But. Yeah, yeah. I love I love him because he includes me in most of his stuff. So even though I'm not published yet, I sort of am through Nick. <laughs> so, well, you're closer than I am. Mars. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, the the Mars book is still going strong because there's there's a whole chapter that's just me and about Mars, and I did all this remote viewing for him and stuff, so that was great. And he just wrote this fantastic article about it for Mysterious Universe, and that was a few weeks ago, and it, it's beautiful. I'm going to print it out and hang it on my office wall because it was just I was just like, oh! But anyways, um, his most recent book about levitation um and the pyramids um i i remote viewed a lot of that for him as well even though my specific words aren't in it i'm in the acknowledgments but he keeps me he keeps my hand in things so he's my best friend so. i'm hurt but, no, I'm uh, no. <laughs> well you're my best friend too but no but uh yeah well, you- nick is he's He's working on a new book now, but I can't tell you about what for. And well, yes, yes, you can. Nobody's listening. Oh. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> that was worth a shot. Too many people are listening, I'm sure. That's good, though. Um, 
The the man never he he never runs out of ideas or new theories or anything. He's he's just brilliant. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> he's a brilliant kind of guy, and he's really down to earth. If you want him on the show, no, I know. Um, like I said, I'm I'm just picking him because it has been a while since he's been on. And um, yeah, it's been as long as me. Oh, <laughs> uh, probably not that long. Well, it, it's your fault. You know you know where to find me. <laughs> that's true <laughs> now and part of it well, well part of it was you were moving and then COVID happened and kind of everything yeah came. and then the diner and yeah so I can tell you that I don't like bananas anymore or banana pudding because I make it like three times a week so. <laughs> <laughs> well. banana pudding is my world and meatloaf. <laughs> uh, Skyler, you have anything else before me and Kim totally derail this conversation and the whole other things? Yeah, right. I wanted to thank you for answering questions. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. I loved it. Yeah, and you're very gifted. You just, you, you have to learn how to intend what you want to experience now because you're older and you can do that now. So start intending and telling them what you're willing to accept and what you're not willing to accept. You, you have to be firm with them. And they have to listen to you, especially the earthbound ones, because you're alive and they're not. They're intruding on your world and reality. You're not intruding on theirs. So yeah. you got to tell them what for. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Skylar. You can, you can hang out and listen to the rest of this. Tabby, do you have anything else before I derail the whole conversation? You guys had to gonna, come down here. <laughs> I was just going to say that, uh, you know, it's kind of funny when you were talking about him, you know, protecting at night to get them to leave him alone because he's my kid that can sleep for an hour and be up for 24 hours. Yeah. Because he's got so much going on. So it's kind of, you know, kind of funny that you touched on that and he was able to hear that, that, you know, he has to make sure to tell them, let me sleep. Just let me get some sleep. <laughs> So. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what helped me? Does he have a smart TV in his room? Um, I, and I, I know this sounds weird, but even though they come into my head, too, I can hear them in my head. If I have white noise on um, of any kind, it helps me. Um, I don't know. He loves, his, he, he loves his fan. I know that much. Yeah. So Well, any kind of like. Any of the sleep ones, like from Prime or YouTube, um, they they really help, especially the um, the binaural ones. Um, th- they really help um, keep most of activity away from me at night. I don't know why, but it works for me. So um, now, I mean, when I was younger, I didn't have Prime or YouTube or. You had a dinosaur. No, I had no idea about. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm in love with YouTube, so I, I found all these crazy cool days. Like it's like fantasy worlds where it's raining and they're in the cabin and the fireplace and stuff. And I'm like, oh my god, how come I didn't know about this before? <laughs> but <laughs> you'll love this. I've been listening to. Um, I, I want to call it guided meditation. I'm not sure what that's, if that's what they call it or not, the sleep. Oh. Yeah, that helps too. There's even there's even self-hypnosis ones on YouTube and Prime that might help Skylar relax and either um, there's ones for like the third eye and for all kinds of things. I mean, if he wants to work on opening more, which it doesn't sound like he needs to, but there's ones for, you know... Um, Maybe meeting his spirit guide. There's several for meeting your spirit guide. And if he could meet his spirit guide, his spirit guide can become like his buffer for him. Um, so you can do that through meditation. You don't need a, you don't need a guided meditation. You can instigate it yourself. But, um, I mean, if you're not used to meditating or calling on spirit while you're meditating, it might be hard for him. So a guided meditation might be, good for him and his spirit guy can buffer um 
you know, what he received, what he receives. Cause like Sylvia Brown, everything that she did as a medium, um, her spirit guide, uh, brought it to her and she would keep spirits away that were rowdy or whatever, um, from Sylvia. So that might help Skylar too. So we're going to shift in. I don't, one. I don't use a spirit guide, but I mean, I, I have a spirit s- guide. I just don't use them. <laughs> I was, I was going to say real quick, if I'm, if I'm being honest with myself and what I witnessed with him, I believe he may mean closer to, um, dealing more with animals than anything else. Um, I mean, he, he can tell us, he can tell us before we realize it when one of our pets needs something. (laughs) So, and, um, we've noticed that there's a few of them that as soon as he walks into the house, they're awake, they're alert, and they're waiting for him to come close. So it's kind of, it's interesting to watch, like, you know, we have one Miss Ophelia Ravioli is her name, one of our rats. (laughs) And he, (laughs) as soon as he's like at the door, she's at the side of her cage waiting because she knows that he's coming in and she will not sit back down until he comes over and says good morning to her. And then she'll go back to her bed. Wow. Yes. I mean, it's, it's pretty funny to see how he interacts and how they interact with him. So like I said, if I'm, if I'm being honest, I think he may lean more towards working with animals versus humans. Wow. Well, you know, there are pet psychics and pet mediums. Um, and a lot of people will need that is, you know, our pets are like our children or in our family and when they cross over or are sick we feel it just like we do with a human loved one so that may be Skylar's gift and he should focus on that then and and yeah and he part of his path may be to be a veterinarian so I mean he can utilize his you know psychic abilities with pets as a veterinarian as well Nothing's by chance. If he has a connection with animals, then he has a purpose with animals through his entire life. He'll be connected to them. That's that's how the soul works. So that's funny because that's really other, cool. And our other child wants to be yeah. a vet. That's the funny part of this. All. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, well, pro- and we'll probably be talking about animals next week. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, there are books about, um, you know. Uh, mediums and psychics who work with animals so maybe Skylar would enjoy a few of those although I don't remember all their titles right now I just know I saw them a few weeks ago because Hunter my son he had to unexpectedly put um his seven-year-old dog to sleep he had heart failure which we didn't know that it was common in that breed and it was heartbreaking for all of us because you know I was with him when he when he adopted the dog and everything, and he lived. The dog lived with me for four years, and it was heartbreaking. So I looked up all these things for Hunter to help him feel better, but I can't remember the titles of them. But there was a lot. There's more than you think about psychics and mediums and animals in the afterlife. So um, Skylar might enjoy those. So I'm gonna. I mean, you can type in the Amazon, you know, pet afterlife or pet psychic or whatever. So. So I'm going to shift gears on you majorly here. We've got about five minutes left, but um, okay. I've, I've got to do it because Kat Ward, who is the host of the Paranormal Heart, and if she wants you on her show, I'm sure I can connect you to. But earlier she was <laughs> saying, <laughs> she loves me when I do that. Uh, I, I, she earlier was telling me she sees a African-American lady dressed all in white, very powerful lady, and has something to do with fire. And she thought it was connected to you somehow. So here we go. To me? Yes. Oh, wow. Cool. Hmm. Well, I should think about that one. <laughs> yeah. I, Maybe because I'm in New Orleans and surrounded by voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking there was something there because that's, I mean, that's what was my first thought when I seen that message that she screamed at me on all caps. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yes. Well, thank you. I'm going to have to like ask my guys and, about that and in the French Quarter of New Orleans is what she just popped up because apparently I didn't catch that because it wasn't all in caps when she said that 
<laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Thank you. So, I don't mean to pry, but since you're here, I'm going to, right? Because this is what I do. Um, yeah. how, how's the diner doing? And where where is it to so people that are listening that may want to go have some good um, food in New it's Orleans? Doing, yeah, it's doing great now. I mean, of course, COVID twice shut down. And then the two hurricanes uh, shut us down for a while. Um, but we're getting back on track. And um, it's um, on Veterans Boulevard um, in Kenner. So it's like we're like nine miles from the center of uh, New Orleans, the diner is. And um, we're breakfast and lunch and dinner. We have our, our breakfast we're famous for and my meatloaf. I'm called the meatloaf queen. Um, but it's doing pretty good. Um, it's a 1950s diner, so there's everything 1950s everywhere and music. And it's pretty fun. It's hard work, but... It's fun. <laughs> it's so good. And Kat frozen there. She's not sure if she's family or what. So I have no idea. So there's that. We'll, we'll get to the okay. bottom of this one way or the other. And um, Yeah. So since you're famous for breakfast, well, you're famous for your meatloaf, but breakfast. Oh, is... and the diner's called Daisy Duke's Diner, by the way, because anybody wants to know. <laughs> <laughs> and no, we don't wear Daisy Duke's shorts, even though people would like us to. <laughs> I don't think Marty would look good in Daisy Duke's. Um, I'm going to speak for the, the world and say probably not. <laughs> yeah. So the the famous, well, it's probably been the last year I've been asking this question or so. What's your, what's your go-to breakfast? What's your favorite breakfast? My favorite breakfast? Um, I usually don't eat breakfast, but I would have to say a BLT or a sausage biscuit. <laughs> a BLT? That's, that's, that's the first one around here. Yeah, I mean, even at the diner, we have all these omelets, and we have we even have chicken and waffles, and we have uh, a sandwich that's waffles with chicken in the middle and an egg and bacon. And my my brother invented that one. Um, it's humongous, and you have to have a huge mouth to even get it. I was going to say, I'm just picturing that <laughs> trying to. Get my get my yeah. head around that or my mouth around it. <laughs> yeah, but normally I don't eat breakfast. I eat kind of lunch brunch. Like I eat like I have milk or a steak for breakfast, and um, then I have lunch. But sometimes. <laughs> but when you when you're around food all day, sometimes you don't want anything that you have smelled all day. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true for sure. I kind of. <laughs> It kind of yeah. loses its appeal after a while. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think I think we had I we learned some things and had a good time tonight, which is what we came here to do. So. Yeah. Yeah. I had a good time. Mrs. Duck, do you have anything else before I kick this thing over? No, I think I thank you for answering Skylar's questions and giving us a little guidance on where to kind of get some help for him too so you're so welcome and i'm always here i mean Jim can always call me and say hey help me with this so when she, when, <laughs> and she, i will when she's not neck deep in um banana pudding <laughs> mm-hmm. or piggy pudding or meatloaf <laughs> well, meatloaf would be okay i mean who doesn't like yeah. a meatloaf well i am the meatloaf queen here so you know does that come with a crown <laughs> Wait, no. Huh? <laughs> oh, we serve alcohol too, by the way. Well, in New Orleans, almost everybody serves alcohol. So. Oh, well. <laughs> Rub it in, why don't you? Oh. <laughs> well, it's up here in the north. Anyways. Where are you doing? Well, Kim, it was good talking to you. I'm sure we'll catch up again soon. Or five years from now. I hope knows? so. You know. Oh, I hope not. Yeah. You know where to find me. I'll talk to you soon. I do. So there we go. Hey, I want to thank you for joining us. It's been a good show tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Take a few moments, subscribe, share, all the fun stuff. You know how to do it. I don't have to tell you. Just uh, be ready for next week. It'll be sooner than you think.
In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. 